Hey Geek fans, today we're talking about the one, the only, Wonder Woman, this episode on The Raving Geeks. Hey guys, how are you? This is Ben Solis. I'm Jordan Hermony. I'm Kelsey Cavazos. And I'm Noah Bayshore. And we are officially the Raving Geeks, back again for another episode. Hope everybody's doing good out there. Hope you guys are doing good. How's how's everybody? Things are good? I slept the entire weekend. So that means things are good. Yeah, I'm oh, not yeah. dying anymore, which is why I've been missing the last couple of episodes. I've been literally stricken with, like, almost death illness. She's so. been sick. That was that was a lot of fun. She been real sick. How about so you, Noah? Sick. How are things, man? I'm swell. Got to sleep in. Good weekend so far. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Everybody seems rather wondrous today. Yeah. And that's good because today we're talking about Wonder Woman <laughs> in all of her capacities. Uh, there's a movie coming out. There's new comic lines with Greg Rucka. It was great so far. And uh, everybody's just really, really hype about what's going on with Wonder Woman. So we're dedicating the entire episode to her history, things like that. We got a really cool interview with uh, a guy that I know in Ypsilanti who's a creator, and he's a huge Wonder Woman fan. So you'll hear that later on in the show. But guys, let's get right into it. Who is Wonder Woman and why is she important? So she was created in 1940 by William Marston. And anybody who knows who William Marston is, he's the guy who created the lie detector test, which kind of makes sense because she has the lasso of truth, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's actually super interesting. Yeah, it is super interesting. So, yeah, well, the weird thing was is that he had kind of spoken about comic books as a medium, uh, even as he was, like, inventing these things. So he's not, like, a creator at all. Well, someone caught wind of it over at um, the, what would be the fledgling DC Comics. Um, it was All-Star at the time, and it was actually had another name, too. Um, but they grabbed him up and they said, hey, we want you to create a new character for us because you seem to know a lot about comics. And he's like, I'm just a dude. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm dude just a dude. Just a man. Just a dude man. Just a dude man. But uh, yeah, eventually he came to the idea that he wanted to make a character that really um, didn't really have super like super powers. He wanted her to fight with love and compassion and kindness and also with her fists. But originally it wasn't a woman, too. So he was telling this to his wife and she's like, okay, that sounds great, but make her a woman. And then, lo and behold, we got Wonder Woman. And so just Miss Marsden is who we really just got to, like, pour one yeah. out for. Elizabeth like, Marsden, yep. here's one for your dead homies. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that got a little... Here's one for your dead homies. But, yeah, so eventually they started working <laughs> on that. It was 1940. So in 1941, a year later, they finally debuted her in All-Star Comics number 8. It hit the ground running. Um, not even just the fact that there was, like, now all of a sudden, like, a female archetype, you know. Um, it just grew to maximum proportions because guys liked it, too. They liked the message. Uh, she was pretty scantily clad. She's always kind of been scantily clad. So there's that that element of sex to her. But she transcends all of that. Um, you know, one of the things I talked to Jermaine about, and you'll hear it later in the show, is that, you know, she is, like, the quintessential social justice warrior. Well, she almost seems like uh, DC's sort of, like, call and answer to, like, you know how there was Captain America? Mm -hmm. How during the height of World War II we had Captain America, who's, like, this all-American boy who really stood for truth, justice, in the American way. Like, Wonder Woman kind of seems, I know she's not a direct answer to that, but mm -hmm. she almost seems in a way kind of like DC's kind of like, okay, well, if you're going to have this guy, like, we're going to have this girl who, so we're not directly copying you. We're also going to have this character who really stands for what it means to be an American, mm -hmm. and I just find that super interesting. Well, Absolutely. they did have her fighting the Axis in the beginning, too, mm -hmm. didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that was, like, a huge thing in the original yeah. comics. 
Yeah, that was that. Those first Morans were were primarily her going over to Europe to fight the Nazis, which yep. was really cool because then eventually, once that got over with, you know, they transitioned into what was going on then. I mean, it was like moving into the fifties now, so you had all this organized crime. So she fought gangsters. I mean, much like every other DC hero at the time, right? Right. Um, but yeah, no, you're exa- exactly right. I think out of all of them, I mean, Super Superman is truth, justice, the American way. I mean, she is probably more of a, an embodiment of that than anyone else on that team. Um, so yeah, moving on that she finally moved into the 20th century and um, as this is going on, the 21st century, excuse me, um, you know, she became kind of like a, a, a signpost for suffragettes fighting for you know the right to vote. Um, there was all these different comics where eventually she became like really involved in like feminist situations, yep. fighting for feminist causes. Very much girl power. Very yes. much girl power. And if it wasn't like that originally, I think people realized the the capital that they could gain on it, which is, you know, kind of a weird way of looking at, like, justice issues. But, I mean, when you're a company and you're creating a book and creating a publication, you got to jump on what's hot. And that became a thing. So, yeah. But it, it's interesting, too, because despite all of that, as I mentioned before, her her base of readership totally defies just being like young young girls you know i read wonder woman i think it's great um i was introduced to wonder woman at like a at a very older age so it wasn't like a a weird thing of me being a little boy like running it wouldn't around be wonder weird woman. you could do that well now i can i mean but you could have accepted it yeah yeah you should have been able to as a kid <laughs> i'll just say it so what do you guys like about wonder woman what was your guys's first like introduction to her and jordan i know you got a really cool story about your mom and things like that too so yeah um so i know i've talked a bit about my parents and like nerd culture before on the podcast um my dad was uh kind of like one of the driving forces to get me into like more of like movie like nerd stuff but my mom actually uh was really super big into like Wonder Woman as growing up. Um, she had like Wonder Woman everything. She had like Wonder Woman like t-shirts. She had Wonder Woman like uh, like folders for school and stuff like that. And uh, the joke in her family was is because my mom also has like this like longer like black like curly hair. Like mm-hmm. she she went as Wonder Woman for Halloween like all the time. So that was like her like superhero growing up. So like that was. One of my first forays, actually, weirdly enough, along with the Incredible Hulk into uh, (laughs) comic books was uh, my mom just kind of like lauding this like, oh, yeah, she's like so tough and she does all this stuff on her own. And like she doesn't take crap from anybody. She she is somebody like you should totally look up to. Um, And so actually it's super cute every time a new like update happens about Wonder Woman, uh, like the movie that's coming out, she always texts me like, oh, did you see the new trailer? Did you see this? She's, I've literally never seen anybody so excited for a superhero movie, um, which is good for her. I'm actually like crazy excited for her and I definitely plan on taking her to that like opening night if she can stay awake for it. She's a pretty bad track record with movies, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, it Wonder Woman is more than just like a comic kind of for me. It's more of like a family thing. Awesome. Is- That's great. And I think a lot of people have those stories too. What about you guys, Kelsey or Noah? How did you guys get introduced to Um, I actually kind of got introduced to Wonder Woman kind of later in life too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but like I think that like the kind of ideals of Wonder Woman have been like a driving force in my life kind of my whole life. My mom has always been really into like being a strong woman and doing whatever you can and, like, not relying on someone else to do things for you. And I think, like, when I was kind of introduced to Wonder Woman, um, I, like, was just immediately drawn to the character because of that. 
I would say. So, like, my parents weren't, like, super nerdy, but, like, I kind of found it on my own, but I would I would say that like my mom was like an influence in that in in her own way without being like a direct connection, if you will. Sure. And Noah, how about you, man? I was for sure like a big fan ever since I was like really young because they had that uh, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Justice League Unlimited was cartoon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and like I always thought she was like amazing because like she also she was this like huge powerful like warrior character. But also she could like be extremely like kind mm-hmm. and like having to like have those conversations with like the other league members about like just like their personal lives or whatever. Like she can like balance that, you know, roughness, but also, you know, be forgiving and be like a genuinely like good person. And those like values, I think everyone can really like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things, too, is that, like, you look at her power scope, right? And, of course, you got her. She's an athlete. She's an acrobat. She's a fighter. She's a strategist. She's got no... She's like uh, a Greek goddess. She's a Greek exactly. goddess, you know. And later on in, in the Silver Age and definitely post-crisis, they kind of reimagined her, her like, really having a deeper Hellenic mythos. Mm-hmm. But I think out of all of that, despite all of these powers that she has, her value set is the one thing that I think resonates and connects with everybody. Absolutely. Which is really yeah. cool. Um, and that leads into our next point is that this is the really cool piece of news. And whether it's symbolic or not, um, the UN, the United Nations, has named Wonder Woman as their ambassador for, for young girls around the world, um, which is really cool because that feeds right into that, you know. Um, yeah, it's a fictional character. Yeah, how exactly would that work? Yeah. Is a little bit what I'm I'm wondering if they have like Gal Gadot maybe making like appearances. Well she like, did and so did so did Linda Carter, like okay. appeared at the actual like ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think I think maybe both of them spoke. Um, not like a really public thing, but right. they kinda talked about it. But yeah, I mean Wonder Woman isn't gonna fly from the comic books to go save like children in Ethiopia as shame. Yeah, as sad as that is. Um or are they just gonna like prop around I think a lot of the uh the movie stars like Linda or or Gail or uh, Gall. How are you Is saying? it Gal? I don't know. I'm not sure. Gal. I think it's Gal. I think it's Gal. I don't know. I think I'm, it's Gal. I'm gonna just destroy her name every time. I'm just I feel gonna, bad. I'm just gonna keep Apparently, busy, you know? this year is the 75th anniversary. It is, and that's why they named it yep. too. So there's got all this stuff going on. But I think what they want to do is they want to have like a very clear image for girls around the world that this is this is the ideal woman because not only is she smart and intelligent and powerful, but she's extremely compassionate too. Um, and so you get all of that stuff. And I think it's just really cool. It's really fitting that within that 75 years that this is where she has grown in our in our great like lexicon of, of great characters and great heroes. Um, and then we have the movie coming out, which is great, too. But we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to move now to my interview with Jermaine, and then we'll be right back to talk about a few more things with you guys. So hold on just a minute. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, as we mentioned before, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, his name is Jermaine Dickerson, and he is an artist from Ypsilanti. Um, I had the good fortune of uh, interviewing him uh, earlier in the summer when I was an intern at the Ann Arbor News. Um, he had just created a uh, mural for the side of Ypsilanti's City Hall, um, but that's not the only thing he's doing. He's got a bunch of different art projects going on. So Jermaine, hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Hello, hello. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so, Jermaine, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your current projects that you're working on. And then there's one in particular that's really cool that we're going to talk about a little later, too. So, so go ahead. Yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's kind of a scary question people ask you. Tell me about yourself because there's so much you can tell, really. But uh, And because I'm in a really a big transition period, I'm trying to define who I am and what I want to be to the world. And so I'm, I'm leaning more towards... Um, 
just community activism through superheroes and comic books and also just creatively too as an artist you know graphic designer and illustrator uh, i'm just looking for ways that i could make a change to the world in ways that i know how best perfect and one of those projects that you're doing is you're doing the uh, black fc signage project right that's yep. next year. yeah yeah that's uh through the city um and it, it like, you, like you said it'll be launching next year well it'll be highlighting the black history in Ipsilani. Uh, so the founders uh its involvement in the underground railroad some pivotal black figures that people don't know about that were a part of ipsy um and apart from that i'm, I'm doing the comic book our superhero program at, at Ipsy High, or the Ipsy High Superhero Program, which is uh, really fun. Uh, the students I have are phenomenal, and I'm so thankful to have the group that I have. Uh, and essentially, it's a program where I'm utilizing, again, the concept of superheroes to teach or to encourage self-empowerment, because I think that there's something special about the genre of superheroes beyond, you know, at face value. There's something inherently empowering about them that's why they exist you know fiction often informs our own aspirations our desires our fears sometimes and so applying that to real life circumstances and and giving them the tools to create stories where they are the hero and you know i think that's a wonderful opportunity for them to really vent about their lives especially being teenagers too you know teenagers often have a lot of things going on that you know a lot of going through a lot of changes and so i thought this was a perfect way for me to um, contribute positively in that degree. So next year, I'm hoping to have, like, they're, they're going to have a comic book published, and it's going to be really exciting, and, uh, yeah, but it's a lot of fun, and it's a pilot program, so there's a lot of learning I'm doing along the way, too. Perfect, and uh, we'll catch up with you later on that to see how that goes, but, uh, you know, one thing that's very clear is that whether you're working on stuff that's art, if you're doing your own logo stuff, the world of comic books kind of has you immersed. Um, so in particular, we're talking today about Wonder Woman. Um, I know you got a Superman shirt on. People can't see that right now. But uh, Wonder Woman is, is one of your favorites. You constantly talk about her on social media. So what was the first piece of Wonder Woman media, comics, animated features, whatever, that yeah. made you really resonate with her? Well, uh, honestly, um, thinking back, I, I, I've always liked Wonder Woman. I, I, I wasn't... I didn't appreciate her like I do now. Back then, I, I've, I've always liked her. I've always been attracted to strong female characters. Like I grew up loving, loving Xena. Mm -hmm. Like I would beg my mom for the Xena merchandise magazine. I didn't have a chakram, so I had to make one out of a paper plate. Uh, I tried to do the, you know, her uh, warrior cry. That was that was me. Um, and I've always, you know, found Wonder Woman, uh, Diana, interesting, but. Um, she is so complex in a way that I did not understand or know of at the time. And so now, you know, as I'm becoming more involved in social issues and wanting to make a better change in the world, I'm looking for inspiration, you know, role models, real and fictional role models, you know, that I can turn to to help me, you know, figure out ways I can make that positive change. And Diana, uh, Wonder Woman is that. She is a social justice warrior. And that aspect is what I've really been most attracted to in her and I did not know that was there until reading uh, stuff like from uh, Phil Jimenez, Greg Rucka, uh, George Perez, uh, Gail Simone and some other uh, iterations too but yeah it's been a, a lot of fun. Yeah and definitely that Greg Rucka one too which is going on right now is, mm -hmm. is kind of another signpost for, for her character doing all those things especially the social justice stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're talking a little bit later on the show with our female co-hosts after this interview. Um, 
But I'd like to get your take on this as well. Um, you know, as time goes on, you know, she becomes even more of a feminist icon, you know, and at times she's been that, infictual, that fictional embodiment of the movement, just as, as you said. You know, now the UN is making her an ambassador for women everywhere, which is really huge. Um, but what do you think she, of all the characters, female characters that are out there, um, means for female empowerment? Um, well, of course, I I'm, my perception of that is limited because I'm a man. So, um, but I would say, say from my perspective and from what I've heard from for, from women is that. Um, they love how she is an all-encompassing figure. She represents the ideal of, you know, feminism. Um, now, of course, there are some disparities in how people relate to her, depending on her interpretation. Like some, you know, women of color have a hard time connecting with her because she's normally depicted as a white woman. Um, and it, in a way, it's because, you know, that's a separate conversation entirely, uh, how historically feminism has oftentimes erased the struggles of women of color. And so with me connecting those dots, I always I'm, I'm thinking of a way, well, how can I connect um, that aspect with who Diana is without removing her principles? And so like I got even got a project, you know, called Little Diana I'm going doing right now where she is a woman of color. Um, but anyways, I think that just if you strip away her race and everything, uh, there's no reason why Diana can't be a, a woman of color or uh, she can't represent all women in some sort of way. And I think that's what really makes her special and separates her from other female characters uh, who are, you know, just as great and, you know, uh, in, in good in their own right. But Wonder Woman is, to me, something else entirely because she's so big and so she is an ideal Surely. And, you know, talking about, you know, you, you are a man, so, you know, obviously connecting those dots um, is, is of your own volition. But, you know, she transcends a solely female readership base. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're yep. an example of that. You know, what is it about her character that men can identify with aside from the female empowerment issue? Yeah, I think that for me, like growing up, it were it was the woman that I found the most influential in my, in my life. Like the men, I have you know inspirational figures who are men too, but it was mostly the woman, like the black woman in my life. My mom first and foremost, and so always being around strong women. Like my friends, I have friends who are going to Washington D.C. Uh, doing speaking events, uh, doing community uh, activism, and you know uh, social thing, a lot of big things. And that's what I like to be surrounded by people who are talented and, and powerful. And that's what those women are to me. And for me. Uh, I, I think that's another reason why I was attracted to Diana, because she reminds me of the strong women in my life. And there's something to be learned from from women, just that it, that's the, as there is with men, too. But there's something special about um, learning from the perspective of a woman and uh, that you can't really get anywhere else, at least in my opinion. Sure. And, um, you know, when you do, do your, um, your high school program of the superhero thing, when you talk to the young girls that are in that uh, program, do you get the sense that that Wonder Woman is one of the ones they've latched onto. I mean, now there's a huge glut of, of female characters that they can latch onto, maybe not as many mm -hmm. as we'd like. Um, yeah. But, you know, what do they say about Wonder Woman? Yeah, well, I actually have uh, all boys in my program. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I do, I do. Uh, but, of course, I, I like to slide Wonder Woman in, you know, every now and then. I, but I don't want to force it on them, because if, if they're not, if that's not their thing, you know, that's, you know, totally fine, because I want them to explore, to see what they're like. But as long, I'm, I'm doing my best to expose them to as many options as possible. Like, I have 
one guy who says um, he only likes Pokemon. You know, that's the only anime he likes. I said, well, you know, there are literally thousands of others you can try. Or I only like Marvel or DC. I said, well, why don't you give other publishers a try too? Um, don't limit your options. And so uh, I've been, I, I talk passionately about Superman and Wonder Woman and, and Spider-Man and T'Challa and other figures who I think are really big or have been int of interest to me. Uh, but I let them choose for themselves. Gotcha. And when they do happen upon Wonder Woman, what, what do they say? Um, well, they haven't said anything, but I would... If, if, actually, no, one of, I, I brought in the uh, comic book donations last class, and they were really excited about it. And um, one of them took a Wonder Woman comic, and I didn't say anything. I just smiled. I said, okay, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And, um, you know, going back a little bit, uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about Little Diana and what that project is. Um, it, well, it's still in the works in the you know conceptual stages. Uh, right now, it's just really an illustrative series where I'm exploring ways to make an all uh, well to play around with Diana's mythology without actually stripping her of what makes her Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. um, so, but at the center, like I said earlier, she is a woman of color. Um, and I think that's important. I mean, I won't get into too many details, but, but I think that what I'm thinking about right now is, well, if I wanted to push this series further, um, and thinking about Diana being an all-encompassing, you know, female figure, uh, what about introducing her to, uh, feminine goddesses from different religions and cultures? Uh, what if Damascus, instead of being prim primarily, uh, influenced by Greek or Roman culture, had adopted other cultures from around the world. It was a consolidation of those cultures, but without actually erasing those cultures. It was, it was an appreciation. So you have women from all different continents and places coming together to share their cultures. And Diana is a representation of that, of that multiculturalism. What if that happened? And how, how would she look like? How would she act differently? What would that Damascus look like? What if Dam Damascus was instead of this uh, paradise and this the the tropical island sense? But what if it was split in in different climates? Like you had the uh, an ice paradise over here, or uh, a forest paradise over here, with you know dragons and and you know you know magical elephants. I'm just thinking of ways that I could really push that idea because Damascus it's, itself is an isolated you know uh, like city state if you want to depending on which interpretation you're reading. But um, that's where I, that's the direction I'm going into, and I'm taking a lot of inspiration from like Avatar mm -hmm. and um, and. A lot of other areas too, but it's it's still a work in progress. But I'm really excited about it. When you when you show that off, I've seen it a couple of times on on your Facebook and different yeah. social media. What's uh, what's the response from creators and just you know general fans? <laughs> well, people like it. That's all. That's so cute. That's all. Thank you. So like. Thank you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 really uh, it's it's fun uh, and seeing how people respond to her in. Even if if he is depicted as a woman of color, they respond to her the same, uh, and that's that's exciting, and that validates what I was talking about. That you don't you move Diana's whiteness; that she still is Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. uh, that's who she is inherently, and people love that. Perfect. And you know, the other side of that coin is it seems that it's been positive. Have you, have you received any backlash at all um, from it? Um, not necessarily. Well, I was talking to this one guy on Twitter who said that uh, it wasn't about little Diana, but it was about the idea of, of her being a woman of color. And he said that, well, I would prefer her stay. I'm a, I'm a Wonder Woman. Uh, she, well, I'm a Wonder Woman purist is what he said. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? You know, because there are different interpretations of, you know, with anything, really. Um, and I, 
I didn't want to pry it any further because I he his mind was already made up. So I said, you know, thank you for the conversation. But that you know that was pretty much it. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the beauty of the interpretation. Um, you know, in in certain types of media, especially in TV, you know, you see, you know, we have a black Iris West now. Um, yep. You know, in the Spider-Man movie, we'll have a black Mary Jane. Um, and even in, in the comics, I mean, they've made a step forward in having a black Iron Man, um, female black Iron Man, which is great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that we'll ever see a black version of Wonder Woman? Um, well, with that, I'm thinking automatically of Nubia, who is a part of, you know, her mythology. Yeah. Um, and her introduction needs to be redone, I think, in a way that's not so stereotypical of you know the loud black woman portrayal who who was often wild and just um uh just beastly i guess because if you know if you read the old issues with nubia's first entrance into that mythology that's how she was portrayed um uh, but she's often been depicted in you know uh, alternate universes within the dc universe um that's awesome but beyond that there's not really much uh, we've seen, seen from her. Uh, if I was to do something with Nubia, she would be. Uh, and I found it odd that um, Nubia was. Uh, she, her name is Nubia, Nubia, but she is inspired by Greco-Roman culture. And I'm like, well, that's a very African-centric name. So why not have her roots from Africa? And I think that makes her more genuine. Gotcha. Room there. Um, so yeah. if, you, if you were doing that, what would be the first uh, thing that Nubia faces? If you look at comic book. <laughs> oh man, um, that is a, a great question. Uh, toxic, ma- toxic ma- masculinity, I think. Maybe I, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it's really, I don't know. I, I, that's something that I will have to ask a black woman. Sure. Uh, so th- to get that genuine perspective, um, yeah. But I think it, it will be very exciting for sure. Great. You know, and uh, switching gears to the movie, uh, the movie is coming out relatively soon. They just released a new trailer, and that's one of the impetuses of why we're having all of this conversation in the first place. Um, and the trailer looks really good. Uh, it is directed by a woman. Um, mm. Most of the other than Greg Ruckus line, there's been a big push for, you know, Gail Simone, other you know women to take control of their of their properties and uh, have free reign. Um, what do you think that does for the movie and knowing that it's written for women by women, but also still has mass appeal? Um, as with anything else that is written by a demographic that reflects the character, I think it makes the story more genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are some things that I cannot understand or write about as a man that a woman can if you're writing a female character. And I know people always get into the argument of, well, it doesn't always have to be a woman writing a woman or a man writing a man. I, I agree with that. But uh, you, we cannot deny that there are racial and gender disparities in place. Uh, so we have to create opportunities specifically for marginalized people to write um, marginalized characters because there are, that's why tropes exist. That's why stereotypes exist just historically in both film and in all types of media, really. Um, but I think uh, it makes the Wonder Woman movie more exciting because you know that this is from a feminist perspective, from a woman who understands those struggles. Yeah, and definitely looking back at even Wonder Woman's history, I mean, for the majority of her history, she was written by by male creators. Right. You know? um, mm. Despite all that, has she been able to kind of, you know, circumvent some of those tropes, you know, rise above some of those stereotypes, even with some of those those male writers going forward? And what what was it that in your opinion, you saw a certain book and said, yes, this is, this is perfect. This is rising above the stereotypes. Hmm. 
I think it was pretty much with Wonder Woman, uh, the 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 titles that, or from the authors I just named, so Gail Simone, mm-hmm. um, Tosh Jimenez, uh, Greg Rucka, George Perez. Um, I didn't feel that it was stereotypical, though some people have said, despite how great those runs are, mm-hmm. uh, Gail Simone excluded. Uh, the male writers still miss some things that you know they they were great in what they were in what they were doing, but having the 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 woman's touch would have been would have pushed it even more. Um, but I think it was just reading those books and you know seeing how complex this character is. Uh, it really captivated me in a in a really big way. Gotcha. And you know when when the UN takes on a complicated character, any complicated character says, it's going to be our standard bearer for, for justice and peace for all people. And yeah. not only that, but it's it's a woman. And then not only mm. that, it's Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, as, you know, as a young African-American male who is also gay, you know, mm. view that in the in the lens of social justice? I mean, is, what does that do for all people saying, like, yeah, that's that's it? Um, I think that's it's freaking awesome, man. I think it's amazing because uh, it, it just shows you how much has changed in in the past few decades. You know, comic books used to be this thing that people laughed at. Now you got a, a comic book character who is a UN ambassador. Like that's a that's a that's a thing, you know? And I know with that whole debacle, there was the situation where women part of the uh, United Nations or I think um w- w- facil- uh, affiliated with that group had some issues because Wonder Woman is a fictional character and they wanted a real woman to be appointed as ambassador. Um, and I think, you know, that's something we should definitely pay attention to. And I think that um, that often reflects how, um, again, it, it touches on the whole disparity situation. Uh, but even with that, I've and, I, and with that and also other things, I often see attacks of people who uh, say Diana is like, a role model wouldn't wear something Wonder Woman is wearing. And she's just a pinup uh, a doll. She's just always busty and has all these curves. How can anyone possibly be inspired by that? But then that ties into a whole nother conversation about, you know, coming from a different culture of all women without having to feel objectified because you're not worried about the male gaze into our patriarchal culture where the first thing people often see is the female body. And you see how, you know, our society treats the woman's body. If we have controversy over breastfeeding and things like that, things that shouldn't be a big deal, but it is. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I hope that made sense as I'm trying to go through my thoughts. <laughs> no, it does. And, um, you know, what can any creator or you know anyone interested in reading comics learn from wonder woman's example if they wanted to go out and create a new female comical character if, mm. you, if you could do that tomorrow what would yeah. you what lessons would you glean from from reading wonder woman go big uh her original origin is very very epic mm-hmm. um like she was made from clay like i always think about you know, the story of uh, the Garden of Eden, God made Adam out of clay. And I said, well, uh, Hippolyta made Wonder Woman Diana out of clay. And that's, you know, replacing the male, the prominent male figure. Um, and she is now, and she's a blessing uh, of, the, of the goddesses and of the gods. Um, but go, uh, going big would be one, two, uh, her story is really inclusive and really diverse. So, of course, that aspect as well. And then tying that into social justice. So how she does, how she navigates intersectional uh, spaces, uh, that's something that I want to pay attention to too. Uh, Because you don't have a lot of characters really tackling on uh, 
social inequity like Diana does. Uh, she's written books in her comic books. She's going to conventions and talk. You know, how many characters have actually done that? Sure, you can uh, kick ass and, you know, beat up a bad guy, but you have you written a book about them and their philosophies? Like, I don't know of any character that's done that just like that. Well, even aside from that, I mean, look at some pieces of, from the 80s, uh, you know, canon. I mean, she was an entrepreneur. She was, you know, she, mm-hmm. had, she had a boutique shop while also still yeah. fighting crime at the same time. She so, worked at a taco place, too. Yeah, yeah. Out, you know? she, she did it all. Um, you know, maybe that's why I mean, Latinos like me like her too but um you know that's one of the things too is that you know as you're writing these characters you got to keep in mind that they're humans too now wonder woman's not a human she is famous garen um but what about her you know kind of brings this human element to maybe people like superman or even batman who may not be in so touch with his humanity because he's you know so brooding all the time Mm -hmm. well she's loving and kind and caring and she i think those traits are something we can all adopt or learn to utilize like she does and it's not easy one thing that i'm trying to to implement with my superhero program is while we're also while we're creating comic books with you know your the the kids as superheroes i also want them to understand that uh, being a superhero can be more than just fiction you can go out and save the world in your own way but First, you have to build that foundation, and that means learning how to be humble, selfless, kind, uh, generous, all traits that superheroes have that make the heart of a hero. If you don't have that heart, if you don't have that light, that warmth inside of you, you're going to come off cold and you're not genuine, and you're not going to really make a a broad change like you want to. So it's first about um, self-evaluation, going within yourself. Like There have been many times where uh, we get angry or we get upset at someone or we want to lash out violently for some apparent reason, but it takes a really strong person to stand back and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. That's not worth my time. I'm going to be the better person and walk away. Now, there are some moments you need to fight for yourself to defend yourself, but it's also that gift of discernment too. And that's something that Wonder Woman can teach us when, know when uh, to fight and how to fight, because sometimes fighting doesn't always involve this. Diana, uh, if she if she can, she would not raise a fist to stop a war. But if she needs to raise a fist, she most definitely will. But first and foremost, she looks for a nonviolent means. Definitely. And, you know, to end this off, you know, even just looking at what Gail Godot has been able to do with just her one instance of, of the character on screen, which is in Batman vs. Superman, I feel like what you just said completely embodies what her character is when... Mm-hmm when she's fighting she always mentions that she doesn't want to enter back into the world of man because there's just too many horrors and it mm-hmm. falls right in line you know what do you think uh we can get out of gail Godot, and do you think that she really understands the character um for one i really love her charisma i think she is just really cheerful and i love how she's really happy to be to be wonder woman mm-hmm. to be uh, a part of that mythology so i I'm I'm a big supporter of her in that way. Um, and then I would love, I'm, I can't wait to see more of her, to see how, because she, she talks about Wonder Woman being loving and kind and, and, kind and everything, and that's awesome, but I, I really want to see more of her, you know, on the big screen too, uh, implementing those principles. And Patty Jenkins, I'm sure, will do just that, because mm-hmm. she says she took inspiration from, like, Superman the movie, and she's she, I think she's currently reading Greg Rucka's run too, so that's like, oh my God, yes, Patty! <laughs> Patty! You know, <laughs> but um, I I I was thinking to myself the other day after watching the trailer for like the 50th time, like I literally got up this morning and I was like, oh, something is missing. <laughs> the Wonder Woman trailer, I got to watch it again, you know, um, but it just I can't wait to see her grow into that role. 
Uh, I love seeing these actors grow into the hero roles. Like sometimes you may like the initial film, like for example, um, Captain America, um, uh, Chris Evans, he started off, uh, he was good in First Avenger, but how he's grown, uh, it, it's amazing to see how he really embodies the character. Um, and I can't wait to see that for uh, Gal Gadot too. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jermaine. We really appreciate it. We'll be back in touch with you later when uh, things come up, especially talk more about your superhero program. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Hey guys, we're back into the uh, regular segment. Thank you so much for uh, listening, Jermaine. And Jermaine, thank you so much again for uh, for jumping on Skype with us this morning. Uh, it was really, really insightful. I really respect his work, so it was really kind of nice having him have him say what he said. But you know, totally. one thing that we talked about is uh, her as a feminist icon. You know, and obviously Jermaine can only give so much perspective because you know he he is a male, he's a man. Um, he's he's black and he's gay, so he has all these different kind of like intersectional sectionalities going on with why he likes Wonder Woman, which is really cool. But we have two very bright, very apt women on our podcast uh, who very feel very strongly not only about this issue but also it's in relation to Wonder Woman. So for you guys specifically, why do you guys view <coughs> Wonder Woman as a feminist icon, and is that accurate to call her a feminist icon? I absolutely think so. I think she's, like, one of those first characters to, like, really break the mold when it comes to, like, the portrayal of women in media. Um, <clears throat> like, particularly, like, when she first came out, she very much, like, fought that, like, damsel in distress kind of, um, you know... Archetype. Archetype, yes. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. You're welcome. Um, and um, I think it's her characters, like, really evolved because I think now we're trying to fight that that women can only be strong and only be... That too, because I think that there was kind of a shift in the opposite direction that didn't wasn't really helping women either. And I think now we're getting to see like Wonder Woman is this strong character, but she also has vulnerabilities and she's a a kind person and a and and you know she has these feelings too. And I think that's really important because it shows that women aren't just one thing or the other. Everybody's a mix of something, and I think that's really important <clears throat> to have somebody like that that people can look up to. And I think it's huge. It's great. So, I mean, like with the like, di- the dynamics that are going on with there, I mean, obviously human beings are dynamic. They're not one shade of anything. So for her, for your perspective, she's, you know, what is a true, a true woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that char- female characters tend to be really flat. And I think Wonder Woman is like a, a chance for us to break free from that. And I think it's super exciting to see her like getting a new movie and really like getting back into the spotlight because it's huge for women. Yeah. I just think it was funny that you and I were talking earlier about the fact that like she was perceived as such a strong character in like the fifties that she went so far as people were like, she's a lesbian. Like, yeah, there was like a big study that's saying like, because she was independent and strong, she was a lesbian. Which, Which has no like, correlation whatsoever. <clears throat> right. But, like, actually recently um, the writer has come out and said that, like, she's canically bisexual, which mm-hmm. is, like... Which makes total sense. Yeah. She grew up on an island of yeah, all like, women. Yeah. Like, what are you, like, you going to do? Duh. And it was just... But it was, like, nice to hear that, too, because, of this, like, it's validating, like, not only to, like, women, but, like, bisexual women or gay and lesbians. Like, it's, it's, it's nice. Well, especially because as, like, bisexual women, you <clears throat> hear so much of, like, oh, you're faking it for, like, attention exactly. or something of that sort, uh, which is super annoying to hear anybody's sexuality be invalidated like that. But right. um, kind of jumping back, I didn't mean to, like, steal the reins from you no, right there. No, you're good. Um, not so much about me, but kind of jumping back to my mom. My mother is a lesbian, and, like, she has talked about kind of, like, so much of the fact that 
seeing like yes Wonder Woman went out and she and this sounds so silly like to say now but it was just different back then like Wonder Woman went out and she like didn't let guys tell her what to do and she wore like it sounds stupid but pants and she went out and she like didn't let you know people like stop her from doing what she really loved and so like my mother as like a budding like gay women woman like coming like into herself like figuring out like who she was like she's talked about before to me like how that like seeing that type of representation was really important especially in a time when you really only saw these demure like fragile women characters or you know female characters who were constantly like literally slapped around if not like metaphorically yeah um the one thing and not to be like a rain on your parade type of person the one thing i wish i could see changed about wonder woman though um actually is a little bit of her costuming yeah um i do agree with kelsey that she is a feminist character but um the it's kind of a back and forth thing that you hear a little bit especially if you like scroll around internet forums like I do a lot with my free time my very <laughs> limited limited free time <laughs> just scrolling but um a lot of people it's a back and forth where people say that oh you know if women wear these very like revealing um like cat suits like uh outfits whatever superhero outfits they wear them and they're very revealing it's empowering because it's them showing off their bodies like how they want just to taking back the sexuality right yeah. but I raise that and say that these characters aren't real people. They're being drawn by actual human beings, which I don't want to sound stereotypical, but I mean, the comic book field is widely populated by solely men. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and so when you are having these women characters drawn and they're being drawn in these, uh, like, corsets and they're being drawn with very short pants, it's they're really being drawn with very, yeah, and with yeah. their boobs pushed out all the way. Like, that's not Wonder Woman making that conscious choice saying, like, I'm going to use my sexuality to fight crime. That's somebody sitting behind a desk saying, well, her boobs aren't big enough. Let's push them up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so if I could change anything, and I noticed that she's gone through some costume incarnations where mm-hmm. she's actually had pants or a she's worn too. like a jacket. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate it, and I understand that, like, each time a character gets reimagined, like, they do go through some sort of costume change. Yeah. I just wish, and this is not just on Wonder Woman, I guess, too, but, like, on the whole, like, we started seeing less and less, like, span, like short spandex unitards. Because, I mean, if we're going to see that for, like, I don't know, like, Miss Marvel, if we're going to see that for, you know, Wonder Woman, if we're going to see that for whatever, then... I don't know. Why doesn't Superman wear yeah. just a thong? Why like, is he shirtless? I'd like right, to okay, see he Captain draws America. power from the sun, doesn't he? <clears throat> yeah. It would make the most amount of sense for Superman to literally be shirtless. And have a tan. Yeah. The nice, nice super tan. Listen, Superman would, should be black. That's that's just what we should say yeah. at that point. I agree. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Captain America's thighs. Like, there I'm you go. So you sure, know? I'm sure you would not. But, I mean, that's just my whole point is, like, if we're going to have it be, like, because this is kind of moving away from Wonder Woman now and just that's sort right. of, like, a feminist rant by George. That's taking over the podcast. TM. Um, I don't know. That's just the one thing I would like to see changed, uh, not just about Wonder Woman, but about female characters in general, is if a costume is skimpy, let it be for a purpose. And if it is for a purpose and that character has a male counterpart, their costume better be equally as skimpy. I agree. I totally, no, I totally agree with you on that. I think that they're like they're like oh it's so they can easy to move it that thing will fall off of you <laughs> listen no okay I don't have you ever that. I you know boys you probably never had this problem but and I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this on a podcast you're say it anyway so but I mean but here's it. the thing like with boobs sometimes if you're in a dress and like it's not like if you're not like wearing a bra with like sometimes 
the girl will just swing out. Your titty <laughs> yeah, will just like, fall right out of your dress. She's got no straps on her costume. How are they not like? Like I tried on a Wonder Woman costume. Me too. For Halloween because I did they too. had um. We had a, like a body unitard at like mm-hmm. Party City or whatever. Yep. And I was like, oh, this would be really cute. And like, I, my boyfriend had like a Superman stuff, like already planned out, like he's gone to Superman before. Sure. Um, and so like, I went to like go and like show him and I like opened up the like costume door. I was like, hey, how does it look? He's like, oh, it looks pretty good. And I went to go turn around to like shut the door and they immediately, immediately my boobs just swung out of the costume. I was like, if this was like a real crime fighting situation, like. It's like flopping everywhere. I had the exact same problem at a different (laughs) store. Like, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to be Wonder Woman for Halloween. And, like, before that, I was Poison Ivy, and I did, like, the whole, like, corset thing. And, like, it was like, nope. It was like, I was constantly just, like, readjusting. I'm just going to say it. All right. Doesn't seem like the greatest tactical advantage. It really doesn't. Unless your tactical advantage is during the middle of a fight, I'm going to show you my titties. And this is exactly, I've said that word, like, so many times. I'm not going to say that that wouldn't be effective, but I don't think we need to bleep that, by the way. I don't think we do either. It's just. uh, We'll see. But, anyways. I'm going to. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm just imagining Dave listening to this right now. Dave, Dave, I'm sorry. Dave, you out there. <laughs> I no. mean, yeah, so, but let's hope that, because I know that the next thing we're segueing into, I'm just hoping that, you know, our Wonder Woman in our movie doesn't have any type of uh, fashion malfunction. Wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, I know, and it's interesting, too, that you guys bring that up because, um, I mean, that, that costume thing is such a fluid argument, right? And sometimes it takes on this, like, really extreme view of, like, no scantily clad outfits whatsoever because it's demeaning, and then it c- comes back in a weird way, especially with the Wonder Woman thing, because I know that in, in the 80s and, um, like, in the late 70s when they did change her costume and made her like have like way less of a revealing like outfit a lot of a lot of like second wave feminists were like nah we want the costume back like that was a that was a symbol for us and like by you trying to like cater to our like you know just like higher sensibilities you know and our higher standards for what comic books be like you're not really listening to us but i will say this that during the 70s and 80s she did lose her powers at one point in time yeah right and she gave them up to she wanted to go back to the to the human world i mean she was she was an entrepreneur right she she had like didn't she own like a fashion business she or had a boutique right yeah. and she still fought crime. she did it all man you know so i she, think if you're just if you're going to change the costume like for instance uh what they did with the new miss marvel run where kamala yeah. khan and because she was a muslim woman like you it, she adhered to the principle of like not exposing your body mm-hmm. like she didn't wear a hijab but she did like completely cover still modest enough yeah, yeah. most yeah. of her body and like that was very tactful and i'm not saying like you always need a reason but like yeah it's not the end of the world when a superhero changes their costume and i guess that argument can be used against me in the way that it's like oh it's not the end of the world if wonder woman's boobs are out but like i mean you gotta just draw it on the fact it's like what if Superman stood there and just a thong and you just saw that whole package is like out in the open you're like well you know what's there I know you know what's there <laughs> but it's for the good of his powers man yeah. don't you think about it's the comics for the good of his character her boobs are out for a reason and it symbolizes that how strong she is as a woman it's like mm. yeah, if the Flash can wear either. pants so can Wonder Woman yeah there you true. go imagine yeah. the clap b- between like each <sighs> Like, no, not like that. I'm saying, oh, like, oh, oh. to punctuate my point right now. Oh, that's thought, where I'm at. I thought you meant, like, a whole crowd of, like, people standing up to a No, no. All I can imagine is, because you were like, imagine, and for some reason my mind immediately went to how bad the Flash's thigh is probably chafe when Ooh, he runs. Oh, sure. That, like, chafe? Like, I couldn't handle right, that. Right, because they, he should wear shorts. There you go. I bet thighs. Wonder Woman has problems with chafing. 
I, I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. I bet you, okay, but like, she's let's got just, strong thighs. Let's okay? open up mm-hmm. that whole field. I guarantee you, everybody, but probably like Tony Stark has like problems with chafing I, in their I costume. Doubt, I doubt that Batman has any chafing issues. I'm sure that he's got that. He that, wears like underwear on the outside of his little bat gear. Yeah, yeah. He's got that taken care of. No, that's mm-hmm. fair. He's got at least a wedgie. Yeah, that's true. Bat wedgie. Bat wedgie. Bat wedgie. <laughs> TM, patent pending by Wayne Industries. Uh, so let's move into our final part of this, and it's the movie aspect. And, you know, um, Noah has been our kind of our resident like geek of finding information. So Noah, you got a list. Well, well, tell us a little bit about what we can expect from this movie and who the main villains are going to be. Yeah, well, uh, the rumor is right now that uh, the villain is going to be uh, Mr. Poison hmm. and also possibly Ares. Yeah. Because the dude who played uh, Stryker and like all the Wolverine stuff and all the X-Men stuff, he's in it and he's like playing some sort of like uh, World War One military general, but everyone's like, "Is that Ares?" Because yeah. you know, Ares is all about you know starting war, and he kind of feeds off of it. And plus, he does go back and forth to the human realm to try to start and foment wars too. Exactly. So. Yeah. And then there's the uh, the woman with like almost like the it's like the porcelain like you know face mm-hmm. thing going on. She had some sort of injury, and like they also kind of like referenced like well, like they showed it actually like this like uh, like gas or whatever they're like creating that could like break through. Uh, like gas masks, and everyone's like, maybe they're just doing like a gender swapped Mr. Poison or something. Mm-hmm. They could. That'd be really cool. And so we got that coming up. Um, and it's the the trailer dropped on Friday. So, so good. What was your guys' first reactions? Kelsey, go. I am in love. <laughs> so much so that you're going <laughs> to sing a tune. Yeah, I'm going to sing about it. I'm in love. Oh my God. Okay, stop. Yeah, you just <laughs> I'm just going to cut that off <laughs> right there. I just fell so hard out of love. I hate all of you now. Yeah. No, I I was like so stoked when I was watching it. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to tweet about this right now. Cool. So that's what I did. Jordan, what about you? What did you think? I was sitting there and like, I, I one, I enjoyed kind of like the humor that they mm-hmm. threw into it a little bit. Yeah. I enjoy like this almost, sort of, it's not a rebranding, but like the DC is starting to like lighten up a little bit um, and sort of like implement, I don't want to say Marvel-esque because I feel like when you're Marvel-esque, like you almost kind of lose the plot a little bit sometimes because yeah. you sacrifice plot for humor. Yeah. Um, quips, but know. yeah, bunch, bunch so, of quips. Anyways, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed a little bit. You made that sound so evil. Bunch it, of quips. Yeah, yeah bunch would of you quips. stop that? Your um, quips need to stop. Anyways, so <laughs> I enjoyed a little bit of humor that they added in, but the trailer was not sold to me until like the double W's came out, and all of a sudden you just heard that like the really hard guitar yeah. part, and then immediately like my, I'm not kidding, my arm hairs like stood on end, and I was like, I've got goosebumps yes. now. Immediately. <laughs> I immediately like that played and like all all my little hairs on my body like stood up. I oh my god, I it's was happening so happening to me right now. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I actually like downloaded that song and it's on my um workout Ooh. like playlist. Yeah. Yeah, I have I made my own like Spotify playlist and like I jokingly like titled it. It's like be your own damn hero. There and you it's go. like I have That's a cool. bunch of like superhero themes that like I run to does a that, lot of the time. Does times. it start off the list though? It literally does. That's great. It does. It's like that one. There's a couple from like Dark Knight Rises, there's a couple from just like random movies. Movies. It's a couple of actually I never Star thought Trek about that ones. Idea. That's so smart. There's a, it's just like really <laughs> hard, heavy orchestral pieces, and you like hear like the bass and everything, and you just when you're running, bum, 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 when you bum, run, bum, you feel like you're bum, in a movie. Bum, bum, so bum, it's bum, it I makes you run wanna, a lot faster. I almost want to go work out now. Like 
Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because we were talking about this on, on Fridays, that uh, that is Hans Zimmer's last parting gift to all of us for Him superhero and movies. Him and Junkie XL. They, he said he's not doing any more superhero movies, so that's kind of the cool lasting bit. And I think it's a really cool lasting bit, right? If you're yeah. gonna get, like, how cool is it that it's Wonder Woman, that yeah. it's his last superhero thing? It's Wonder Woman. Oof. Everybody pretty much across the board said that when, when she showed up in Batman vs. Superman and that that tune started behind it, that even Malachi, even Malachi, who hated Batman vs. Superman, was like, all right, I'm good. This is good. I'm, I'm in no, it. Listen, she, she be- sold that movie. I agree. Oh, I'm 100%. Sure. 100%. Yeah. Like, when she, the movie, honest to God, and I, I was pretty indifferent. I liked it. But I like, was pretty indifferent. No, I mean, I liked it. It wasn't awful. <laughs> it was better than uh, Captain America 3. I'm going to say that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. By far. Oh, no, man. but uh, that when immediately she came on the screen and then that, like, hard just... Yes. That sold the movie. Like yeah. that little portion. And it was like, why was that not literally the whole movie? But now we're getting a whole movie yeah. of it. So I hope that just plays to the yeah, entire Cell movie five. Too. What? Oh yeah. No, just quietly in the background. Yeah, just, like, whispers. Just, like, <laughs> I hope like they just randomly like make it in the movie through like it's somebody's ringtone but like in a different key. Oh, I want like they're my at ringtone. like the ball party like where she's walking through and the violins are playing it, oh. but like not really. Like they just like make it in throughout the whole movie in like different mediums. Yeah, like don't recognize it until like you at the end of the movie you're like, oh my god. But yeah, it's a you should, you should call mind. up DC right now and be like, hey. If you know what's good for you, you'll listen to me right now. Yeah, I got some did ideas. You guys, did you guys know we have a direct line to DC and Marvel? It's amazing. Yep. We have two red phones sitting on the desk right now. We I pick up the left red one, it's DC, and the right one is Marvel. Sometimes we accidentally call the wrong one, mm-hmm. but it, it, we just troll them. That's yeah. kind of... Oh, is it Stan? Is it Stan? Oh, no. Sorry. I, we're looking for Stan Lee. Oh, this is DC. Sorry. All right. Awesome. Bye. Click, click. Yeah. yeah. So we just talked an incredible amount of crap about Civil War, and I just realized that that Noah's got a Civil War shirt on. You guys, I like Civil War. I did I too. It was good. It's okay, God. Noah. I did too. It's all right. Boy grows a beard, and all of a sudden he thinks he's entitled to opinions hey, about Civil War. No shave November, guys. <laughs> so so Noah's Noah's a Noah's a freshman. He's a young man. He's, a, he's, he's my boy. He's a spry, spry young man. He's my child. And he's just I've adopted. I don't, know if, I don't know if you're aware of this. I've adopted you legally. I'm your mother now. Because I didn't oh, make him okay. my grandson because I'm your mother. Yeah, Kelsey's my mom. Yeah. I'm Noah's mom. Um, ben uncle. is just the uncle. He's the weird uncle. We're a family here at Ben is the weird uncle. Well, he's... he's it, Hashtag family lives. It's mo, no shave November. Mo shave... What? How, what? Mo. Yeah. No shave November. No November. And uh, he's he's got he's got a little bit of a mutton chop thing going on. A little bit. And he's a got bit. a little little sprouts. You got little like patches like randomly yeah. throughout like on your body. It's gonna come. Like it's it's gonna be. Good. I believe Is that what you, you tell know? yourself? What? Like you just look Aww. yourself in the mirror and you're like, it'll, it'll, it'll come, come in. Happen. It's it'll come in and like <laughs> little Noah's like standing like shirtless in front of the mirror with like tears in his eyes. Like it's like the SpongeBob thing where he lifts up the razor. I. I'm a man. man. I, I feel like that's you every morning. It's like you just casually lift up your little razor. It's like, I am a man. So no enough. <laughs> so oh my God. enough throwing shade. No, no, that was like throwing that, shade. No, if that was throwing just, shade, that yeah. was like me just like throwing my fists, just like a, verbal fists yeah. at you. So Noah, now that you're now that you're a man, you've you've come into manhood. What did you think of Wonder Woman? Honestly, like the the moment where like Steve Trevor is like in you know the trenches and like he's like Diana and she's up there in like no man's land deflecting bullets. I got. Goosebumps. Yep. I'm so stoked for Steve Trevor. It's not even funny. I know, right? Oh, they could not have picked a better dude for it, too. But, like, where I'm at is I kind of think, you know how, like, everyone sort of complained that uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Superman has never been that kind of, like, symbol of hope that everyone wanted him to be? 
this trailer kind of made me, I mean, the last trailer too, for sure, it kind of reinforced this idea that like, I think Wonder Woman is going to be that symbol of hope for this uh, DC universe on, on in these movies. Okay, and that's and there you have it, man. We've got a symbol of hope at the UN. We've got a symbol of hope for girls around the world. We've got a symbol of hope for moms, dads, even even little Noahs. As hey, little Noahs. Little, little Noahs. Little man Noah. And I little think, man I, Noahs. I think that's what the best thing we can expect from, from a character like Wonder Woman. So thank you very much, guys, for listening in again. As yes. always, you can download us on iTunes. You can download us on SoundCloud if you're an Android user because iTunes don't work on an Android phone. Not yet, at least. They're trying to. But we also have a Facebook. Find us on Facebook. And Twitter. And Twitter. At Raving Geeks. So please send, send us, us some send us some mail. Send us some hate mail. Send us some hate mail. We still haven't gotten any. If you have, yeah, because I don't. Or indifference mail. Yeah, indifference. Yeah, indifference mail. That was yeah. That I'm saying. I kind of like you guys, but I don't sometimes. So I'm just gonna leave this here. Yes. Lack of emotion is sometimes worse than you know the hate. You know. I Anyways, agree. Yeah. But so thank, thank you for tuning in. Yep. And I, have a wonderful day. Oh, I see what she did there. Ah.